Hello there and welcome to today's podcast. I am super excited about this subject, cortisol. How is cortisol affecting me, affecting my hormones, and what is it and how can I fix it, right? This is something as we become middle-aged women is so important in our life. And so I did not want to do a disservice by just repeating things that I've heard or reading you stuff from medical journals. I wanted to get somebody on here that knows about it, that can explain it. And so you guys might remember Deidre. She she was on our podcast two other times, one about detox and one about hormones, which is episode 99. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. It is probably one of our top five best podcast episodes we've ever had because so many of us are trying to figure out what is going on with our hormones. So Deidre is a board certified family nurse practitioner with extensive functional medicine training through the Institute of Functional Medicine. She's devoted her career in caring for women through the lifespan, and she has personally helped me and now my husband as well. We both have done GI testing with her, food sensitivity, hormone testing, all kinds of things. Whenever I have a question, she is my number one person I reach out to before anybody else. And Deidre has been in the women's health arena since 2005. She's currently works with clients to help them unfold the root cause of their ailments, you know, not just putting a Band-Aid on it, right? She's really trying to use functional medicine approach, specializing in gut health, hormone imbalance, endometriosis, ovarian diseases, um, cystics. Uh, I know I said that wrong. Cystics? No, how do I say that, Deidre? Interstitial cystitis. Thank you. Autoimmune disorders and more. And Deidre is also a national speaker, you guys, on endometriosis, on uterine fibroids, which I know a lot of people have asked me about lately, and about um, pharmaceuticals. And she has been appointed adjunct faculty for Otterbean. Did I say that right? Yes. Otterbean University? Good. Otterbean. Okay. Since 2006, working with graduate and undergraduate studies. So we're going to talk today about cortisol, but we will also be putting all of Deidre's information, her website, her Facebook, her Instagram, all the things into the show notes. So you're going to want to make sure you go grab it and reach out to her. Doesn't matter where you live. I live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Deidre lives in Ohio and we work amazing together. And to be honest with you, Deidre, I like it better than going to see a doctor because there's so much wasted time when I go see my nurse practitioner, right? At, at my local doctor's office, because I have to wait and I have to get in line, all these things. So I love meeting with you because when we meet, it is so efficient and you are so knowledgeable on the whole body and how it works together, not just trying to band-aid one little thing that I'm having issues with. So I am beyond thankful that you're joining us today. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be back and loving to talk about this issue on cortisol or our stress hormone. Yes. Oh, I like that. So you just started me off perfectly because I was going to say, when I think of cortisol, I immediately think of stress or like, honestly, I immediately think of this image in my head of a woman like turning red and like steam coming out of her head and she's screaming at her kids, right? This is what happens to me when I feel my cortisol go up. Like I literally can feel myself getting edgy, irritated, annoyed, right? But I know that cortisol can do all kinds of things to our bodies. So let's start first with like, what is cortisol and why is it such a I feel like hot topic right now. So cortisol is your fight or flight hormone. Like we cannot even live 24 hours without cortisol. It's the most important hormone for everybody. So there's differences between like a cortisol disease, such as Cushing's disease or Addison's disease, and then cortisol 
um, actually having some variations related to stress. So today we'll talk more about not a disease, but about the stress portion of cortisol. I want to make sure that I, I get as much of what you're saying into our show notes as possible today, because I know people are going to want to read it too. So, okay. So what is cortisol? We just talked about that. And then how does it generally affect women as far as like, how does it show up in our body? Okay, that's a great question. First, I'm going to say with the adrenals, fight, fight or flight type thing. So when you're under stress, everybody releases a little bit of cortisol in relation to that stress. And so over time, if you're releasing the stress hormone over and over, you can start to have low symptoms of cortisol as well. So some of the um, high symptoms of cortisol would be stress, having acute inflammation, pain, and manifest as pain, then you can start to notice some like blood sugar or insulin uh, dysregulations. People are using caffeine to stay awake or they're, you know, wanting more energy. The thyroid can be affected. It can uh, cause hyperthyroid. Somebody who's getting infections all the time, and then even manifesting um, as a disease called Cushing syndrome or Cushing disease is one. And then over time, if it's related to stress, um, then the cortisol can start to become low. And what causes that are things like medications. The biggest thing that can throw our cortisol off, the biggest medication is steroids. And if you've ever had like poison ivy and you end up going to get that steroid injection, you can throw yourself into a cortisol too much or too low at that time. But long-term stress affects your cortisol to where we consider low cortisol. And when I say long-term stress, I always use this analogy. Like if you had a bear sitting on your front lawn when you walked out, the first time you've seen it, fight or flight kicks in, you're probably locking the door, things like that, scared. But if that bear's there every day, you have to figure out a way to get outside that door. You have to reroute that. That's what our lives are doing to us right now because we have all of these obligations. So that bear in front of us is our life. It's our work. It's our family, everything we're doing. And we have to figure that out despite of that. But we're still releasing cortisol during that time as well. So when cortisol is low, um, you know, the pituitary uh can actually be a reason for that, can have some causes. Um, you can start to have hypothyroid. So a lot of women have thyroid disease where they need um, to take medication for hypothyroid. That can be in relation to cortisol. Sleep dysregulations shows signs of low cortisol. Um, so those are many of the reasons or symptoms, I should say, that happen for women. Yeah. And do men have this same issue with cortisol as women? They absolutely do. Men have the same issue with cortisol as women. So that's why when we do um, a Dutch test, we can do a Dutch test on men. And, and that's a dried urinary test for hormones. But we can look at their cortisol, their testosterone level as well. So it's important um, for men and women. I often say women because that's primarily the majority of people I see 
are female. And so, but cortisol does affect men. So with the Dutch testing, they we did talk about this too, you guys, in episode 99 about the Dutch test. How often do you suggest if people are noticing that they feel like, you know, something's off, things aren't right, and they want to see if it's their cortisol, how often can they do that test? So um, this is what I recommend. Part of, if you're not having other hormone issues, you can just do the adrenals. And you have to think of it as people who present and we test their adrenals. If it's low cortisol, that did not happen overnight. This is something that's been going on for years. So it takes time to change, change our habits, change um, our ability to manage stress and that stress resilience, whether we use meditation or supplementation. So I wouldn't ever recommend testing probably before four to six months after testing the first time because it needs to become a practice. Nice. Okay. And generally when people have, let's say, high levels of cortisol in their body, what would be some symptoms that they might be noticing? Um, The inflammation and pain for sure. I've had many women talk about hair loss when they've seen me. Um, And like I said, the thyroid can be affected as well when it's cortisol. Um, and then you think about things like um, decrease in, in your sex drive can be related to cortisol. So when we're looking in functional medicine, the first thing we talk to people about like is stress because stress affects the microbiome. Um, and that's an important piece. But if I can throw you all these things, but if we never, ever address stress, we'll never get to the, the root cause. So we have to talk about that. And stress is is definitely right a, a big reason why people have um, high cortisol, right? And can people have low cortisol? Is that something that people could have as well? Absolutely. And low cortisol is that long term stress. So over time, it just the cortisol level starts to drop, um, and that's when we start to see more fatigue. Like people talk about, I'm chronically fatigued. Um, and when we say chronic, a condition's chronic when it's lasted more than three to six months for somebody. And that's a good um, clarification. Yeah. And one of the things that I see a, a lot or talk to people a lot is when they go to a provider and they're telling them that they're fatigued and like it gets dismissed, like this is just part of being a woman or part of it's because of your age or it's because you're working too much or. Um, And we don't dig a little bit deeper and look into that. I'm so glad that you just said that. So that is like you literally just gave an advertisement for yourself about why I'm saying having somebody like Deidre in your corner that you are connected with, that you're reaching out to, that you're doing testing with is so important because a lot of you guys who know my cancer story, you know that for three months before we found it, I had been complaining and I kept being told that's premenopausal, that's premenopausal that's premenopausal. Blair, you're gonna have to get used to that. That's premenopausal. And we don't have to live that way. Number one, we know our own body. So trust your gut, trust your intuition. And second, get the testing done that you need to get done in order to find what's really going on in your body and looking at your body holistically instead of like, you know, just one little thing at a time. Right. So I love that you said that. Thank you so much. Exactly true. Um, Like you cannot pour from an empty cup. So it's really important to focus on your needs and your stress. Um, You can perform better when you're dealing with like managing stress. 
you can sleep better, you, you know, your work is better, you enjoy life, you're not as tired, like stress is so important to manage. Yes. And we have stress in all different ways. And I know those of you listening right now are like, I know, right? I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a business owner. I'm a daughter. I'm a friend. I mean, stress can come in just expectations that others have on you. That for me, I have found is actually my largest stress over like actual worrying about money or worrying about my kids. It's the expectations other people put on me. And I feel like I have to keep up with. So there's a lot of different forms of stress out there too. And I'm glad that you talked about sleep. So Kelly Hoover, I asked her before we recorded today, uh, I said, what's something you really want to make sure that I asked Deidre about cortisol? And she said, how does it affect your sleep? Or the opposite as well. Like why is sleep so important and what kind of sleep in order to help your cortisol? Okay. So sleep is extremely important. It's the foundation to health and wellness. Um, when your cortisol is up, you may have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. And so it's really important when I talk to people, Blair probably asked you, you know, like, what's your sleep like? Do you ever have trouble falling or staying asleep? Because um, it makes a difference to me, like how I'm looking at it. Like, could it be hormonal? Could it be cortisol causing it? The sleep that you want is stage three sleep. It's actually um, the studies show are more restorative than REM sleep. Um, and so that's what we're aiming for. And oftentimes, you know, you'll know if you've been in stage three sleep, if you're dreaming. So dreaming. And so cortisol spikes in the morning. So that's when it's going to be the highest. So I ask people, when you wake up, do you feel like you've slept? That's a really important piece to it. Like, do you wake up feeling tired or do you wake up feeling refreshed? So that right there, that answer to that question starts to let me know that the adrenals, you're having issues with the sleep part of it and the cortisol in the morning. Most people will feel rested in the morning and it's later in the day that we start to notice it dip, especially in the afternoon. And I've done so many of like the salivary cortisol testing on people. And the time I tell them that is the worst when I'm looking at this and saying, this is when I'm seeing things, they'll be like, that's when I'm the most tired. Like I hear that all the time. Like that's exactly the time I'm tired. <laughs> so um, it really does like- That makes total sleep. sense too. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about like, is there, I know you said it needs to be that stage three sleep, but is there, you know, making sure that you, you sleep like eight hours a night, is that important for keeping your cortisol down? It is seven to um, eight hours is recommended. Um, if you're somebody who is sleeping less than seven hours, um, there's very few people that can do that for a long term of things. So it also like, you make your cholesterol at night when you're sleeping. You also, it affects your um, hormones such as estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. So all of that is important um, in relationship to sleep. So sleep helps overall wellness. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Okay. Um, and then it's the one of the biggest things that I hear right now, I feel like, is people are like, um, you know, do more time in, you know, and I have obviously done this since uh, having cancer is spending more time in 
things that kind of ground you, right? Or help you to reduce your stress levels. So like for me, I do sound baths on myself every day. I try to go to yoga every other day. I try to walk. I try to do things that bring me joy and peace, right? And calm my body. Um, Do you have any tips on that for cortisol? Yes. Uh, The first thing I like to tell people is, so grounding, um, being outdoors in nature, looking at a tree. And when I tell people to go out in nature, shut your phones off while you're out there. You don't need the picture of the trees. Like go out and just be present in that moment. Um, Another great way of like, like say forest bathing, that's maybe a term that you've heard where you just go into nature and maybe be in a hammock or sit in nature and just kind of be present in that moment is really good. So things I tell people when I look at like their cortisol results and I know that they're pushing out high cortisol is I say, do not train for a marathon right now, because even though that's good for the heart, it, it's a stress on the body. Your body doesn't know if it's good or bad stress. It just indicates that stress is there. So we do things like walking, maybe a little swimming, like if that's your exercise, Pilates, yoga, mindfulness, um, Epsom salt baths are great. Um, Even sitting, reading a book. But I think a lot of times it's shutting off everything and just spending that time. And sometimes it's very difficult for people. Um, I have sent clients of mine to do kind of the um, saltwater like baths where they soak for an hour in it where it completely decreases stimuli. And it's extremely hard for some people to shut off their mind. So I would say um, it's a practice. You may only have one to two minutes at first that you can actually sit in the silence. And then that should improve. You should start to do that a little bit more. Um, And if you think about most people wear some sort of um, watch that has an app that reminds you to take a moment or breathe, that's... Even that squared breathing, taking a deep breath in, closing your eyes, visualization. And there's some great apps like Headspace has a free app uh, that helps you with meditation. Calm is another. It's one of my favorites because it has the soundscapes on it also. But there's so many out there of different apps that you can use um, just to help you get into that meditative mode. Yeah. And one of the things um, for you guys listening, one of the things that has really helped me is is putting that time on the calendar and making it a priority. But also I set four timers throughout the day that I when it goes off, I stop and do my breath work. So that has been really helpful for me because I find that like, yeah, I'll go do that thing first thing in the morning because I'm in the mood for it. But then around four o'clock in the afternoon when everybody's coming home and I'm feeling crazy, right, that's when I really need to do my breath work. But I won't remember unless that alarm goes off because I'm, I'm so like in the zone of what I'm doing, right? So um, I know that we have a product and I'll put it in the show notes called Chill and it has ashawanga, it has chamomile extract. And of course I can't remember what else it has right now, but I know you've looked at it with me before and you've been like, yeah, that's a good one, Blair, you can use that. Um, so I take that every afternoon about an hour before my kids come home because I find that when they come home, I've got different kids doing different activities and a husband and everybody's asking me questions all at the same time. And I just found that's what gives me that feeling of almost like anxiousness and overwhelm. And so that's when I take 
mind, but what are some suggestions? Like what are things that you know, besides the, you know, grounding and being um, quiet with yourself, what are some other maybe supplements or things that you suggest people take? So adaptogen herbs are really good for stress resilience. You can get them through teas. Um, you can do them in supplementation. I don't always say like, you should probably know if you're high or low with your adrenals before you take some of them. But the good ones that that have a lot of research behind them would be ashwagandha, rhodiola, L-theanine, um, chamomile. So the list is pretty long, but look at those adaptogen herbs is what they're called. And uh, those are really great for stress resilience. So here would be our suggestion, right? First, if you think this is something you're suffering with right now or you're unsure, go to the show notes, find Deidre's information, reach out to her and get the Dutch test or the cortisol test, whichever one she suggests to you. Because like, why wouldn't you, right? Why wouldn't you want to see where you are right now with your adrenals, with your hormones? Uh, I suggest like going all in, just do the whole Dutch test because I love to seeing all those different things and then start implementing some of these things. And of course, like once you find out your results, we also have this amazing product called Chill. I can literally, this is what Ryan says. He goes, it's like your shoulders are up at your ears and all of a sudden they drop, right? <laughs> like I can feel, it's crazy. Um, and so I love that. Because, and it's an easy thing. It's a little packet of powder. You pour it into your mouth. It tastes like mint. You hold it under your tongue for 20 seconds and you're done. So I keep some in my purse. I keep some in my car. I keep some in my house. Easy, right? Wherever I am at four o'clock when that alarm goes off, I take it, I do my breath work and I move on. So um, that's always a great thing too. Any other things that you suggest for people um, that are trying to learn more about cortisol or how to decrease or increase, I guess, depending on what they need? So I would say um, test. There's some great um, information on uh, the Dutch site where you can watch some um, additional webinars if you're really wanting to learn more about cortisol. And I think talking to somebody who actually understands it, because if you were to go to your uh, primary care provider and you say, I think my adrenals are low, they would roll your eyes at you. Like, they'd be like, no, that's not possible. But it's because they're looking at it in relationship to either like a Cushing syndrome or an Addison's, but there's so much like in between there that that's where functional medicine kind of falls in and helps people to understand understand like stress and cortisol and that aspect. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. And guys, don't forget to go to the show notes and uh, go follow Deidre and reach out to her and get yourself whatever, whichever testing is right for you once you share with her what's going on. And um, I'll tell you, I've referred many people to you and a few have used you and they all have great results or rave about how much you're helping them. So thank you so much for being on here today and taking time out of your practice and your day to be with us. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Ready to feel your stress melt away? Ready to reduce those cortisol levels that keep spiking? Did you know that stress can lead to emotional, cognitive, and physical issues? Yes, bless mama, you need to chill. Chill was formulated utilizing ingredients shown to improve the body's response to stress. The product Chill is sequential delivery that specifically concentrates on stress relief. It is developed to reduce stress, designed to improve mood, 
created to promote relaxation and formulated to reduce cortisol with things like L-theanine and ashwagandha, chamomile extract, and GABA, you will immediately feel your shoulders drop when you take chill. Ready to find out how you can find it? Go to floridahealth.thrivesample.com, floridahealth.thrivesample.com, or reach out to your favorite blessed mama boss, Kelly or Blair, and we will get you a sample of chill. You're not going to want to miss out on trying this amazing product. If you have not hit the subscribe button to Bless Mama Boss's podcast, will you do that? Will you hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review and tell us what you think about this episode? We hope you have a great day and make it a great day for others.